1: All right, welcome to Refrigerated Diaries, brought to you from the Detroit Podcast Network and sponsored by the Foundation Hotel. From workout classes to lively soirees, the Detroit Foundation Hotel is a place where the local community and hotel guests can celebrate together. Be sure to check out the apparatus room, bridging the old and the new, offering iconic new American cuisine rooted in Midwestern ingredients. So, we are on episode one here of Refrigerated Diaries, and we got some special guests here. Our first immediate guest is none other. then Jason Hall, a uh, founder of Slow Roll and also Eat365. He's going to be talking to us a lot about what he's got going on, including a pizza showdown and uh, our long stay here, uh, Jason Gibson.
2: Hey, hey, hey.
1: All right, Jason. So uh, we're going to go right into it. Jason Hall, I'm saying. Why don't you tell us about your very first slice of pizza? What was that pizza <laughs> <laughs> that made you decide... I'm going to do something with this.
3: i tell you what, man. I was, I think, in the fourth grade. And this is real. Um, it was mm-hmm. my first exposure to uh, being able to get lunch out of, outside of school. You know, it was that Friday where, like, Little Caesars came in. And for, like, you could order a <laughs> yeah, head. Yeah. And for a dollar, you could get a slice, you know, so you could get cheese or pepperoni. And I, and I had had pizza before that. But I think that was my really my first time where I was just like, what is this like? It, it, I, it and I just remember once I realized what Little Caesars was and what Pizza Pizza was. Oh wow! You know mean? <laughs> pizza, pizza Pizza, I and mean, I'm talking <laughs> Pizza Pizza in the in the long box, the long with the box. Oh, you know what I mean. So. That was, that was it, man, for me. You know, I have a special place in my heart for Little Caesars when people talk about it. I'm like, yo, because I can really relate to that being my first real connection to pizza. Okay. Sh- shout out right. to Little
2: Caesars. Hey, I, gotta, <laughs> hey, out, um,
3: I got to because people you know, people are hard on hot and ready's these they, days. You know, they sometimes. changed the game with the hot and ready. Hey, of, of course they changed the game. The you know $5
1: mean? hot and ready. You know, one hot and ready costs about 25 cents. Operating overall, I believe, yeah. I believe it. I can believe it. I believe it. I believe it. That's wild,
3: thing. dude. That's twenty-five. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. No, that's they're making it. They're Jesus. making it. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you a question: Was that a uh, pepperoni or a cheese that you that went pe- with?
3: It was pepperoni. Okay. For those pepperoni. of
1: you that don't know, Jason Hall is a vegetarian.
3: <laughs> it was pepperoni. Yeah, it was pepperoni back then. Before I you was, converted, you know. Listen, it, I always tell people there are a couple meats that if I were to go back to the meat life, you Pause. know, they, you know, and pepperoni would be one of them you know I, I i appreciate meat on a pizza i haven't had it in a very long time but man yeah pepperoni back then and i mean it's synonymous i think when people created pizza they really had pepperoni and cheese in mind when they did that you okay. can't but good cheese pizza is great though oh yeah oh yeah I a mean, lot like ninja turtles <laughs> i mean that's really what i gauge pizza on i say if you can't make a good pizza that's cheese sauce dough you know, everything else just really is supposed to cover up or accentuate your, your shortcomings. Mm-hmm. So the basics of pizza, if you can't really make a good cheese pizza, uh, then you should go back to the drawing board. Hang it
1: up. He's speaking the truth, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Hang it
3: up. So we're we're
1: going to go into best slices in the city in a second here. But <laughs> I am curious, uh, what, what made you become a vegetarian?
3: You know, my mom always says I was a natural vegetarian. Um, when I was a kid, I've, I'm, I'm a huge texture person. And so.
2: How long have you been vegetarian for? Oh, Excuse man. Me.
3: Now it's probably been, I think, 25 years. Wow. 25 okay. or more. No, no, man. 92. You know, so 90, since 92. I mean, but I was actually a vegetarian before that, but <clears throat> ended up going back to it, you know, as I got a little bit older just because the party life and it was easier to go to Taco Bell and get whatever. But, right. But then as soon as I got conscious, I really went back to it. I've always. My mom tells me stories that I actually, when she would go to get me a Happy Meal, that I would take the hamburger off. And put it under the car seat because no, I, what? because I wouldn't want her to know that I didn't <laughs> want to eat it, and so okay. she would find it like the next day. She and, and so I've always just been that guy who's I can't I connect with looking at an animal and then yeah. eating it. I so, tried to the other day. I really. So did. I was
2: I was about to ask when was the last time you had some meat?
3: Uh, last night a friend of mine ordered fish and chips, and I took a little piece of it off. Um, I've been trying to get back into fish. At mm-hmm. N- I've been traveling the world a little bit more lately, in my life, so I'm trying to open my mind a little bit. So, and then last week I actually ordered a uh, mahi mahi tuna uh, taco and took a bite of it. When <laughs> I tried to eat the whole thing, but I, I really got one bite in, and it's that texture thing once again. I just can't really connect. But I feel like as I get older, there's certain vitamins and things that right. are definitely you know right. I should get from, I can benefit from, from certain things. You know, Sounds, so yeah.
2: I love meat. <laughs>
3: I, wish I love. Could. I love a good bloody steak. I wish right. I, I so, love watching it made, but I just can't uh, eat it.
2: So
1: let's, uh, let's steer a little bit here. I, I want to ask you a, a question here. Uh, everybody who comes on Refrigerator Diaries has to bring a picture of their refrigerator from the night before. <laughs> Be sure to check out the website as we post Jason Hall's picture there. <laughs> but uh, you also are required to provide us an uh, anecdotal story. So why don't you tell us about an awkward food experience that you've gone through?
3: Well, you know, uh, you know, I- I'm in a position these days where I think the the awkward situation for me is being able to be honest. You know, like the, the, the person who isn't connected to the community in certain ways, you know, they, 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 they can have an honest opinion about stuff. And uh, as far as like me, I can't really go out and say when I don't like something. So I think that creates an awkwardness for me. Um, but I've definitely had some... Some awkward situations where you know, you know maybe people thought they were doing me a favor by giving me a free meal, and it wasn't <laughs> necessarily the best meal. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so that's like I said for me, I, I try the awkwardness in in restaurants for me is trying to stay as ambiguous as I can about what I do and don't like. So that's my awkward story. Is that and and then I mean. I, I'll touch a, a touch kind of like a hidden code. You know, I'll touch. Yeah, there is a hidden code. You know, I, I'm a big fan of like posting what I eat. You know, I'm okay. one of those people. I'm. I love pizza, so I'm. I'm really trying to spread the word. So there's a golden rule: if if I take a picture of your food and I don't talk about it, I didn't like it. Oh, but well, if I have <laughs> so now everybody knows. So, so now you know, like if you look at my my page and it's like, yeah, I was here, and that's it. That's not generally the best sign for you. So that's, okay. that's the awkwardness for me.
1: So you're making a good point here. So let's let's talk about your page. Here. So we uh, we uh, all know you do slow roll, but you also do uh, eat three sixty five, right? And that that yeah. started from a pizza three sixty five, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. Last year in 2017, uh, I set a goal for myself that I would actually eat pizza every single day of the year for 2017, and I achieved that goal. Um, so you know, off of that, you. you People really – part of pizza, pizza 365 wasn't eating the pizza every day. It was the communication and the relationships that I built through the pizza. Okay. So this is just a continuation of that. I'm not a foodie by any means. You, you know, I just eat food. Okay? So, <laughs> right. I think I, you're a foodie. But I enjoy <laughs> – I think that classified as a foodie. I enjoy meeting people f- through common things. And, mm-hmm. and pizza – I mean, if you – I tell you what. If you don't like pizza, you're kind of a robot. Ooh. If I met a person and you didn't like pizza, I'd probably not trust you very much. So i I, that's, I build a lot of things off of food and, okay. and conversation, and that's me, community.
1: So when you're sitting at the cusp of 2016 going into 2017, it wasn't just a New Year's Eve resolution that you were going to eat pizza every day. You really sat down and said, I want to turn this into a community around pizza. Oh,
3: yeah. You, I mean – it, that it, I through slow roll and everything I do these days, you know, is I'm all about ciphering and building. And so for me, once again, it was just another no brainer of an easy way. You know, a lot. You know, we could go to these seminars and try to build relationships. For me, it's easier to talk over a pizza mm-hmm. or ride a bike. And so I, I'm always looking for just an easy, simple connection. We, you know, if we if we dig too deep, sometimes it just gets too complicated. More genuine. But we can just talk <laughs> yeah. about pizza. More
2: genuine connection. Right. Just,
3: grow off of that and then be friends you know right right okay question Jason yes sir
2: kind of jump hit a guy best slice in Detroit Mm -hmm. (laughs) since you're a piece of connoisseur
3: you know it's another one of those awkwardnesses you know (laughs) I think I think there's a couple different categories I think that's the first thing we really have to deal with you can't you can't judge everything the same just because it's called pizza. Okay, that's so, that's
1: really the the truth. I and so you've
3: got you know obviously you've got your thin and your deep dish, and so I would say you know as far as like you know deep di- you know, Louise is gonna, <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> Louise is pretty special man. I mean what they're doing over there is something, and and I love that it's so hidden. You know, buddies, buddies is right there with them. But I, I just love sort of I, I just maybe give him a, a pepperoni above, you know what <laughs> I mean? But and then Sapinos would be above. I think sapino's would be my overall Detroit favorite. I think I'm a little bit biased because I know what goes in with Dave go you know puts into his pizza and and his love for the city. And I think, but his pizza is amazing too. And then there's some hidden gems, you know, uh, Sicily's over in Southwest, man. They're my okay. favorite delivery spot. Yeah. Um, Ali, what he's doing over there. And I've met him, you know, grown to know him through his pizza because I've seen it evolve. You know, 10 mm. years ago, if you ordered Sicily, it was basically your $5 hot and ready. But now they're really doing some creative stuff over there and really trying to put some quality ingredients in their pizza. So I think those would be my, my sort of my top three right All now. Right. No um, no Gregs. Greg's used to be up there. with, I mean, Greg's is, you know, Detroit staple. Greg's is up there, but I haven't. I'll be i have be honest. I haven't had Greg's in probably a year. Not th- this year. I didn't have it in in my pizza year.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. You even had it last
3: year? I had it last year. Oh, but uh, the, but, the but, slice. But, but Greg's is like, you know what I mean? What I look and look at you all getting me in trouble. What I look for, <laughs> is what. Does this pizza sort of stand out? Would I drive to Greg's like, right? You know, would I get in my car and be like, "Oh, I want a Greg's." I think if I was in, you know, my over at my homies in Sherwood Forest, we'd order Greg's, right? You know what okay. I mean? But well, from my house,
4: from but North there's town, levels of like craving too, right? You like know. if you're drunk, this you know, pizza you know, will do. You know <laughs> what I mean? You know, like for sure, you know. For but sure. if for you're sure. not drunk, it's like, well, I want a little quality.
3: But like, yeah, definitely, if I'm on that side of town and somebody's talking about ordering pizza, I'm taking advantage. Of mm-hmm. so I mean, there's regional pizzas. There's, you know, like, man, I've had them all over the place, so you know. Okay. Now, so being
4: in the neighborhood, have you tried Pai yet? Oh, yeah. I had Pai
3: before it was Pai Sai. Yeah. You know, back when Jeremy and those guys were over at the pub on Sundays. You know, that was, the, I mean, they are really doing some special. And that's another category for me is creative pizza. I yeah. mean, that's a whole other level. Oh, you, know, yeah. you can't, if you get a cheese pizza in there, you're out of your mind. You know <laughs> yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Because what you can get in there is. Ridiculous! So, Shout out to Pizza Place. Yeah, like by I said, the they they definitely are. As far as creativity, they'd be my number one in the, in the in the region.
1: So I want to. End off here before we uh, take a break and uh, and go into Pizza Showdown. So uh, it's, pizza, it's a throwdown. It's a throwdown. Are you ready to throw, throw
3: down? down? Yes, we are. Okay. Like, maybe it's like the old days. <laughs> All right. So is this a competition? No, or? no, it's a party. You know, back in the old days, and I'm I'm I don't want to say my age, but my brothers and those guys, like I said, back in the Nat Morris days, it was, are you ready to throw down? It wasn't a competition. It was just a big party. That's what we called it in Detroit it was, we going to throw down tonight. And so on that night, we're gonna throw down on some pizza. Okay, all know. right. So, how do people find out about a uh, pizza throwdown? You can definitely go to you know the website, thepizzathrowdown.com. dot com. Um, you can t- check the Instagram. You know, in this social media world, Facebook. What's the Instagram? Shout out. Uh, it's all the pizza throwdown. It's all the pizza throwdown. So you can go go off. We got lucky enough that. The other pizza throwdowns that's happening in the world, other world, weren't smart enough. So we're the pizza throwdowns you find right now on the internet, man. If you no find us first. out, you know we got to it. So yeah, yeah fifteen <laughs> pizza places in one spot, um, and some good drinks. We got Tom T DJing, and it's really, I mean, you know, when we set out to do this, I said let's try to find, you know, like some unique stuff. And the feedback we got was phenomenal from the top-notchers. I thought we'd get a lot of, like, male people. But, like, I mean, Motor City Brew Works coming out is huge. Sean Randazzo with Detroit Style Pizza. I mean, that mm-hmm. dude's got a 2012 championship for best pizza. I mean, it, it, I'm have pretty hitters. proud of the, the, the <laughs> roster that we're putting together on this thing. So
1: Nice. yeah, Exciting, exciting. Well, uh, when we come back, we're going to have uh, Matthew Buscari. Am I saying it right? Yeah owner of Bobcat Bonnie's. We're going to go into his diverse history from when he worked on what the truck mobile all the way to now operating
0: Bobcat Bonnie's. We'll see you soon. When I was 16, I spent a summer in Romania and I was just getting into food at the time. So that whole summer I kept trying everything and eating a ton of stuff that was different than what we had in the U.S., We had been warned prior that our host would be watching us to see if we enjoyed it, and at no time should we ever make a face as they would perceive that as an insult. So one day after eating a ton, they served us up some kind of cabbage roll, and I went to town. About halfway through my second one, I started feeling really nauseous, but not because of the food, obviously, so I excused myself and went to the bathroom and threw up. The problem being that the host thought I was throwing up because of her food and refused to make those amazing rolls again, despite them being the most delicious things I'd ever had. The whole trip, she kept telling people not to feed me those because I would get sick. I spent the whole rest of the summer apologizing to her.
1: All right. We are back with Refrigerated Diaries. Going to jump in with our next guest here, Matthew Biscard, owner of Bobcat Bonnies. Every time I see your name, I'm like, I feel like that's how I say it. Am I saying it right? I just go by Matt,
4: but you okay. can call me
0: whatever.
4: <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go, I go by Matt. So, Matt, it's been a busy year for you, huh? Yeah, you know, uh, we opened a second location, closed that second location, reopened that second <laughs> location. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's been a very uh, productive and very wild year. Okay. Us. So, beginning of the year 2017, you had John Oliver come and eat at the restaurant. Was, yes. was that like a planned thing? That was kind of a surprise that day. Um, one of our connections, uh, at, uh, one of the theaters texted me and said, Hey, do you have any more reservations? Obviously it's New Year's Eve, (laughs) you know, and they wanted something a little more laid back and chill. Uh, so we, uh, brought him in and he had a great time. In fact, they stayed well past, uh, the normal uh, okay. closing time, which yeah. we are more than happy to accommodate. A so. little after hour. Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. Just surf water. Just water. <laughs> yeah. Just water. That's all. I mean, yeah. it was great because you meet these celebrities and initially, you know, you're so um, in awe. And then all of a sudden, you know, you start serving them food and they start talking to you a little bit and you realize that like, they're just humans as well, oh, yeah. you know, and, yeah, right. and John Oliver probably couldn 't have been the nicer, most just naturally funny kind person I mean it was oh, okay. great, it was great. who served him um It was a combination of myself and um uh, my bartender, Katie. I stood back there just because people were starting to get excited uh-huh. <laughs> and you never want uh, any guest, whether it's, you know, John Oliver or somebody just as famous like Jason Hall coming in, you know, and being swarmed by people, not being able to enjoy their experience. So right. people get excited and you just want to control that excitement so that everybody's comfortable. All right. OK, that makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. So you guys were in
1: food and wine as well
4: when you first opened. Uh, what was the
1: initial reaction of food and wine with the Captain Crunch chicken?
4: Uh It was kind of wild because we aren't, you know, you think food and wine and you think these beautiful restaurants right. like Gold Cash, Gold, Republic, Selden, Standard. And then all of a sudden you're like, and Bobcat buns, <laughs> you know, I mean, for example, I mean, one of uh, my chef friends was came down and, you know, he's a little bit uh, out of touch with the food scene, if you will. And he was like, yeah, I had this, you know, just okay dinner with you guys, this and that. But I had an amazing dinner at Salton Sander. And I was like, you're comparing people who put Captain Crunch on chicken to what that gentleman's (laughs) doing at Salton Sander. Like we're worlds apart. You know, they're doing something totally crazy. So to be in that was kind of wild. It was yeah, exciting.
1: Yeah. I, I, I got to say, like every time I think of it that, it's always blows my mind. Um, so let me ask you a question. You've, you've got quite a bit of history here, right? You were with uh, What the Truck Mobile Unit.
4: Um so what the truck was under a restaurant group. So okay. I ran a restaurant in Grand it's called the Winchester. Okay and we had a food truck called What the Truck okay. and then we eventually opened a taco place called Donkey as well. So Donkey. Okay. Yes. So
1: you were with Winchester Gastro Pub Winchester yeah. group and then you guys also operated What the Truck as yes. well. And
4: then from there did you make the move to Gold Cash Gold or Um I made the move to another local restaurant and um I almost immediately realized that that was not the place for me. You know, you you sometimes walk into these jobs and you're like excited and you – once you get into the swing of things, you're like, oh, man, what did I do? (laughs) So um, after exiting that, I had an amazing opportunity to work with the guys at Gold Cash Gold and just – I mean I can't say enough things. They probably think I'm you know, pulling their leg or kissing their butt but I mean really – Just phenomenal working with them. I mean, outstanding stuff.
1: So what what were you doing here? Were you like hoarding cash? Like, did you just say, I'm going (laughs) to save all the money to buy Give us the (laughs) blueprint. How did
2: this happen? Let us know, basically. I'll say it.
4: Yeah. So basically what ended up happening is is just um, sheer luck and just making sure you don't burn those bridges with people. Um, Growing up in college, I served with my landlord's daughter. Had no idea – Uh, That he would eventually be my landlord, anything like that. Walked into our first meeting looking at the space that used to be Oblivion's, which is now our restaurant, and immediately recognized the guy and was like, holy crap, you're so-and-so's dad. And he's like, yeah. He's like, wait, you and her used to serve together for like three, four years. And it was like, yeah, we did. So that helped and, you know, just being in the Corktown neighborhood. I'm also really close friends with uh, the boys at McShane's. We all used to manage a restaurant group called Aubrey's together. Okay. So, so they had kind of come down to Corktown, you know, before Corktown was like the place to be. Mm-hmm. You know, they had bought, um, I think it was uh, Hoots on the Avenue. And uh, they had bought it and really, you know, stuck with it and made it into what it is now.
1: Okay, I got you. So did you have an En-Roads into Corktown or did you just decide I'm gonna leave Grand Rapids? It's time to hit Detroit.
4: Uh it was kinda like that. Grand Rapids is an expanding town and it's very oh, exciting yeah. and it's beautiful. And it is great to visit. Um great place to visit Yeah. It's, it is um, my vacation spot of choice. Yeah. <laughs> place to visit. I mean it's great to go there. It's beautiful, it's fun. Um but, you know, your Monday through Friday, every day, day in, day out for a few years, you start to get bored and you start to realize that this, like, town that from, you know, a distance when you're not there all the time looks so big and is actually incredibly small, right. you know? Yeah. Start seeing the same people, start going to the same bars, start yeah. making the same jokes. Sounds like you've got quite <laughs> a
1: bit of experience with just moving around uh, and yeah. adjusting
4: environments. And the great thing was, was I moved back to Grand Rapids under the auspices that it was growing and becoming huge. And then when I realized maybe it was still a little bit behind Detroit, I jumped back over here to Detroit because I was like, wait, this is the one that's actually really growing. <laughs> Shouts out to you. A
2: lot of people don't make, I wanted to, you know, recognize they made a mistake or like, hey, you know what?
4: I need to go back. Yeah. You know, so that was beautiful right there. Yeah. No, I mean, every experience that I had with Detroit had been so just like exciting and and fun and great and inviting that it was just like it kind of felt like, hey, I'm a kid from a, an incredibly small town and I can do something here that's bigger. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the kids that I went to high school with ended up staying in town, mm-hmm. you know, going to the same places, all that stuff. And I felt the excitement of being able to get out of my comfort zone and really come here and and, and do something. Right, you Right,
1: know? right. So let's talk about what you. Hold, hold on, one <laughs>
4: second. This is
3: what's wild to me, though, <laughs> is you came here like before Grand Rapids
4: was coming here. Yeah,
3: and now Grand Rapids is here,
4: and now Grand Rapids is excited. And, and yeah, now, yeah, like, yeah,
3: I mean, how do you feel? Like, do, do you feel like do you look at them and say, you know, feel like sort of like this pioneer? I mean, because really Grand Rapids has invaded. Detroit with breweries and everything that's going on. How does that feel to, you know, have been that? And then also now this weird renaissance that's going back to Grand Rapids where Detroit spots are opening in Grand Rapids.
4: I think sometimes there's this um, East Coast, West Coast beef, if you will, (laughs) in a very microscopic (laughs) way, Um, where like, you know, each side feels like they're stronger than the other. And what they don't realize is that they're incredibly compatible and um, people are eager to see what the other is doing. For example, Slows opened one in Grand Rapids. And I had been preaching that from the mountaintops <laughs> saying you need to do this because because every time any of my friends would come to Detroit, they'd be like, oh, my God, we're going to eat at Slows. And like it was it had that cachet. So it's like if you have a group of people who think you are the best thing since sliced bread, you need to be feeding that group you know what i mean and, and and vice versa there was a lot of times where people would be over here and they'd be like oh my god have you been to art prize and i'm like yes <laughs> like if you're a grand rapids person art prize has a whole different feeling and meaning Um, if you're, you know, visiting, it's exciting and fun. If you're working there, it is just three weeks of getting your butt kicked, everybody mad at you. You're tired. You're running out of things, all that stuff. So let's,
1: let's talk about that, right? So, um, we opened the second location, right? Yes. Announced that it was going through a closure here. Um, yes. And so you originally were working with Bourbon, right? To get that going.
4: Yeah. It was a, it was a partnership. Um, Uh, the prior restaurant had gotten to a point where they didn't feel like it was going to continue to grow. Um, And so, like everybody, when they realize, hey, we can't grow, we have to change and adapt. And it worked out. Um, We came down with the concept. They already had the space and stuff like that. And it started out really great and exciting. Um, And it was definitely something where we were excited to be in the community Ah, uh, the community was very excited to have yeah, us. The
1: Herald actually spoke out. You've got people saying that you were breath of fresh air in the yeah. community. How many people reached out to you after the the closing? When
4: we closed, it was insane because we thought that it was just going to be a little kerfluffle and blow down, but it ended up being something like you know. A lot of times when you look at the uh, Facebook posts and stuff, it says how many people you've reached. Right. And it had gone up to 200,000 people reached. Oh, wow. Just about our closure. It had been shared like 400 times, which for A small restaurant in Wyandotte, Michigan. That's big. That's insane. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's really, really crazy. So it it, it really got out there. We wanted to make sure that our statement was very direct because we had been treated so kindly by, like, the city and Mm -hmm. the people and all that stuff. Our landlord is outstanding. We wanted to make sure that there wasn't this, like— These gossip and like, oh, well, Mm -hmm. you know, we told them they would never work in Wyandotte. And, you know, some of the comments you read were like, Wyandotte can't sustain a cool concept like this. (laughs) It can. And so we wanted to squash all that right away because it wasn't something to do with the community it was more so to do with us internally so okay
1: all right so we're going to take a break here and when we come back all of us are going to talk about cooperation which you've got some experience with working with uh, bourbon there we're going to talk about restaurant etiquette and of course the hot topic of choice right now is uh, sexual harassment in the workplace we'll be right back All right. So we are back here with Refrigerated Diaries. A lot of a lot of stuff going on in America behind the kitchen door here. Uh, Sarah Jyerman and uh, Amy Pollard were actually at the Golden Globes hand-in-hand hand together in solidarity looking to stop and fight uh, sexual harassment in the workplace. Uh, when you leave a tip in the restaurant, perhaps you spare a thought for a server who might only earn a basic wage of about $2.13 an hour. But apart from that, uh, they're also working for tips. And what happens is a lot of times uh, people are put in positions where they have to work harder for those tips if you know what I mean so uh we're gonna jump right into our first topic here sexual harassment in the workplace uh what what's the general consensus here what do you guys think
2: of that? it's horrible
3: i mean yeah mean I mean you know i these times are 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 you know they really make you look inside mm-hmm. look, and look at each and look at every you know Every person, you know what I'm saying? Like, it really does make you say, what is your threshold of, you know, and not even your threshold. I mean, how you deal with people, this is really brings to light how you really need to, like, respect people in Mm -hmm. a different way than any other way in this world, man. You know, like, in in the past, a handshake or a a back touch might have been, hey, buddy, but now you really have, like I said, you have to... Really get to know somebody before you expose yourself to anything these days. man.
4: And you just got to be careful. Like that's the biggest thing is, is sometimes in kitchens where it seems like it's only the guys and there's that, quote, guy talk. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Making sure that as the owner, manager, person who's in charge, that you cut off that conversation because you don't want to create that kind of environment. You know, yeah. you, by by not saying anything, you're accepting. Yeah. You know, and they they think it's cool to make that comment. They think that it's cool to say that, you know, joke. Yeah. And uh, me, you got to watch that. Yeah, me personally, I have to uh,
2: – I I was privileged enough to go to a private school, but it was an all-boys school. And I must say that foster a uh, humor and a point of view that as I got older now, I realized that's really not appropriate and several times, like you said, I was at my, uh, my, my part-time job and I'm telling someone, you know, you really can't say that now, man. That joke is really not appropriate. And maybe in hindsight, it was never appropriate, you know. And for myself, I always, you know, I'm, I always love, uh, perfume or, or you know, just the scent. And I always always say, oh, someone, well, you smell good. And now I, I was going to tell one of my coworkers that I caught myself because I said, you know what, that might not be appropriate, you know. So I think at this point, for me, it just, uh, a self-check, as, as Mike said, you know, R.I.P. Michael Jackson, look in the man in the mirror, you know, and make sure myself is accountable and, um, and listen to, uh, the women in my, in my community, in my world, and, and actually listen to them and, and not only listen, but take what they're saying and implement it into my life. Yeah. yeah so you know, generally uh, I think consent
1: is is definitely one of the things that that gets mis, misplaced quite a bit and uh now that this is a topic uh, one of the things I do foresee is just more of an intention towards either ownership coming from HR departments to kind of get this stuff covered right in the beginning uh you know the assumption usually is everybody knows how to act until we find out that people don't so <laughs> definitely something that we all should like make sure we take into mind here um Staying in line with that same topic, we're going to jump right into restaurant etiquette and what is appropriate. This can be from the customer side to the restaurant side. Um, one of the things that I personally dislike, but I know I do a lot is take about 30 minutes to order. Uh, my food uh, you know yeah. I work in a kitchen I want to ask questions I want to know where it's coming from how it was cooked the time but you know on the flip side when I'm working in the food truck and someone's doing that I, I want to do more than just serve. Oh, food. you're a
2: roof. <laughs> he, cuts, he, cuts their eye out, he looks at him. <laughs> he looks at him like, seriously, I've seen it. Like, relax, man. Relax.
3: So what you're saying is you're questioning your own restaurant etiquette. <laughs> Basically, you know, you're looking at yourself, the man in the the proverbial man in the mirror.
2: Which right. again,
4: right. <laughs> I think it's tough for owners, operators, uh, employees and stuff like that to go into you know um like another restaurant cuz then you have these expectations i know if i'm sitting there and there's people standing at the door, whether it's my restaurant or somebody else's, I'm going nuts. Right. I, I almost wanna get up and be like, hey, she's cleaning at a table. She'll be right back right. with you. You know, just like hang out, be cool about it. You know what yes. I mean? Stuff like that. Just cause it drives me so nuts. Or like, you know, when people have their phones out and I'm just like, oh, phones. I'm right here. I'm ready to order. Go Let's ahead go. and put that phone away. <laughs> Give me 10 seconds of your time and then we'll be done. Go back to your phone. Phones on both ends. Yeah,
3: I, I the phone is, I, I can't stand that. Like I, even as a bartender, it's funny. Like people will come they'll, they'll wait in line to get to the bar, and then when they get to the bar, they'll get a text and they'll they'll start texting and not ordering. But I mean, right. you've been waiting in line to get your drink <laughs> for like ten minutes, and now I'm supposed to wait for you. To answer this text the phone and and what it's done to the world is
0: unless that is someone texting you their drink order from the table I mean, that you're
3: at if, okay fine if they're adding more drinks to the tab from the table fine but yeah the the, the 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 cell phone these days has really done a number on people i see it all the time when people come to take somebody's order and somebody's sitting on their phone and they say oh, can you wait a second and the waitress or the server is just like, No, really I have stuff to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So who's that who is that
1: on? Because I know that whenever I'm out somewhere and either I don't know if it's like recognition that I, I am in the food business or or what, but I usually get the question, how does it taste? or what do you think? And a lot of times I give an honest answer. I Perfect. say it's horrible.
4: <laughs> I, I think that's great. I, I think that oftentimes people will come in, friends will come in. I'd rather hear it from a friend mm-hmm. than a Yelp review. Yes. You know what I mean? I'd Absolutely. rather you come in and say, Matt, we have a friendship. We're cool. I want to let you know, not the best tonight. Yeah. My buddy uh, Joe Hakeem did that to me. Love the guy to death, but he was like, hey, listen, it just wasn't on tonight. Don't know what it was. Maybe it was this. Maybe it was that. Whatever it is, check it out. Perfect. Yeah, I yeah. love that because I can't get better. And I don't get offended when it's coming from a good place. I get offended when it's like, had everything, hated it all. You're the <laughs> yeah, worst place in yeah. Detroit. Surprised you're still open. Have a good day. Yeah. Yeah. It
3: always says those things too, like surprised you're open. Every the worst.
0: Like, what happened to just having that conversation while you're sitting there yeah. instead of running home and firing right. up right. or walking out the door and firing up the Yelp app?
4: Because I would love to do so much more while you're here right. than while while you're at home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like like yeah. I would rather you hey, know make Let's it fix right, it. Yeah. fix it, send you home with something so you walk out the door feeling like, you know what, maybe that guy was a little over the top, but like I kind of liked it. Yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> so yeah. They're not
2: looking. But by for me, uh same with our friend of ours, uh we had a food truck and shout out to Mike Mike B. Um, the rice was a little salty. Remember that guy? Oh, one? yeah, I
1: do remember that. He 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 let me know yeah. the rice was salty. He also said that my jerk seasoning yeah. was salty and as well. And that was a
2: big issue. We actually had a little issue with the the, the jerk seasoning that, you know, like you said, thank God a uh, Mike, our friend, put yeah. us like, hey, man, I don't know what's going on. But today, uh.
4: yeah. <laughs> and a lot of it is just simple human error. Yeah. I mean, I had yeah. it a few nights ago. A kimchi bowl, no kimchi on it. I mean, it's in the title, but, like, sometimes, you know, like, when you're rushing around, it's like, you're like, bam, bam, bam. Hey, did you drop this? Uh No, I didn't. Oh, crap. What was the last ingredient I needed to add? I don't know. It looks right. Sell it. That's you bad. know? they will come back. Yeah. yeah. It, but for me, back to the uh,
2: etiquette, I hate when people, after they finish their meal, they sit there for another 30 to 40 minutes. Now allowing the, the restaurant to turn the table over. Oof. And yeah, cause, welcome to Sunday at Bobcat Bonnie's. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I I feel like it's so rude. I understand you A, you want to uh, conjugate, but you know usually this happens when it's busy and people are waiting. You know, and it's more importantly that server, that's their money. You know, yeah. they the more tables, more people they serve, the more money they can make. Yeah, and for you to sit there and just kind of like, oh, you know, we're here, we're done. That, that's that's just. That
4: grind my gears. I hate that. So gears grind. Personally <laughs> for myself, and I'll make this quick. Personally for myself, I just – we try to be very casual mm-hmm. about large parties. We try to make it easy. You guys can sit when like any number of you is here. We don't charge you, you know, uh, a deposit. You can do separate checks. I hate when I go to a restaurant. They're like, I can't do a separate check. I'm like, show me your computer. I'll show you how to do it. Right. You know, like <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll click around for you. Um. You know, but like – just have that respect. If they're easy to deal with, have that respect to say, hey, we're not able to make it. Hey, you know what? It's going to be half the party. And then don't be offended if, if we take some of those tables Absolutely. back. If you're coming in with 30 and all of a sudden only 10 show up, let us have those tables yeah. and let us know right away. Don't try to be like, oh.
0: Yeah, you're not leaving a buffer seat between all of you. Not <laughs> well, my coat has this chair. <laughs> right. My Come cell phone has that chair. <laughs>
4: So
1: please, audience, let us know what your refrigerated diary is as it relates to restaurant etiquette. Feel free to sell, share, email it to us. We'd love to hear it. Video, audio and picture all included. So our final topic here we're going to go into is cooperationtion. For those of you that don't know, competition is exactly what it sounds like. It is the competition cooperating together. And what some of you may not know is that this is something that happens in restaurants quite a bit. Especially when you think about what it takes to open a restaurant, what it takes to open a business in general, a lot of times the guy at the top or the guy who is making it all happen has like a lot of other guys (laughs) who are also uh, making things happen here. I know, Matt, you've got uh, some experience that we talked about earlier with uh, a bourbon. Uh,
4: Why don't you you get into that with us? You know, it is a little tough, um, especially being in a small town like Wyandotte specifically. You know, you're going up against locals and people who have been going to the same bar and restaurant for a while so you know there has to be that friendly competition you know where you're like hey oh that's cool that you're doing that by the way i'm doing it better you know what i mean but you got to keep it you got to keep it light and you got to keep it uh easy i think the best uh education on that has been really at our Corktown location because you have awesome restaurants, but you just have awesome people supporting those restaurants. You look at like a Slows and Gold Cash Gold with Ron Cooley in them. You know, they're more so about the neighborhood and building that up and less so about – Let's knock you out of business. Right. You know, uh, same thing with Dennis at Mercury and stuff like that. It is, it is such a close-knit, um, supportive community that it's easy to transfer that energy to something like Wyandotte who, you know, they get nervous about this new guy from Detroit coming in. You know, what is he going to do to our, you know, our sales and, you know, our Saturday nights and all that stuff. So, you know, making sure that we, you know, stay competitive but also stay uh, friendly about it.
1: Jason, do you have any? Uh, have you worked with the competition here? I mean, you—you you essentially created everything.
3: He <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, nah, we're lucky. We're lucky enough to sort of be. I mean, there were definitely other bike rides that existed, you know. Correct. But I think n- where we made our niche is where we are f- community based, and we're very, you know, about the ride being owned by the people and not by us. So, I think we're lucky enough to be in a situation where there really isn't anybody who's doing I, and there isn't anybody mm-hmm. doing it like us, and we sort of made that lane you know um a lot of that and that also comes from the fact that we invented a lot of the stuff that exists, like the insurance policy that we have. We invented that we're the first you know club in the world that exists that you don't have to necessarily be a member Explain uh, that insurance. A, man we'll talk about that later yeah. you know that's a that that was literally a years wow. worth of work you know working with trying to find an insurance company that would work with us to make that happen and build that and then the city of detroit had never seen you know uh, anything on that scale that happened on a weekly basis you know we talked to them we pay more to the city than any event in the city so more than jazz fest more than movement to the police because we do 30 events a year so like we really changed the game on how special projects looked at how their permitting process is. And so a lot of that made us lucky in that sense that we haven't had to. But, I mean, but in the same time, we do. If anybody calls me and they say, can we start a slow roll? I say, no, you can't start a slow roll, but you can definitely start a ride, and I'll help you do that. So I, that would, I guess, fall into that. But, uh, nah, man,
4: we're lucky that no one <laughs> – Detroit – no one's done it like Detroit, and that's how we do things here. But that's kind of that conversation is, is- – Somebody will come to you and say, hey, I respect what you're doing. You know, what are your tips? What are you? We had a restaurant do the same thing because mm-hmm. we have an insane brunch. And they said, hey, we we like what you're doing. We're not your direct competition. Kind of talk to me about, like, what you're doing, why you're doing what you're doing and stuff like that. And it's easy to help, and that fosters that sense of, like, we may be competition down the road, but, like, we're friends now, no. you know? So
1: Yeah, Detroit has one of those interesting dynamics where everyone – who is working towards a common goal, knows that it's just extremely harder here than it is in other cities. And so there's that. We'll work together until, you know, we see the finish line. and then man
2: <laughs> uh, for itself.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, thank you so much. Uh, this is our Refrigerated Diaries. We are going to wrap up here, and we will see you all again in two weeks. Don't forget, feel free. If you have anything that you'd like to add to the topics, send them our way, and we'll gladly post them on our website, newsletter, and potentially in an episode.